Welcome to the Science of Growth Podcast, where you'll be captivated by the fascinating world of personal development. Raymond Rivera shares dynamic insights, captivating personal accounts, and explorations into the halls of mental growth. Now sit back, brace yourself, and be transformed by the rewiring of your mind. Welcome to the Science of Growth Podcast. I am your host, Raymond Rivera, MBA. We're at episode number nine. It's called The Law of Non-Resistance. If you haven't picked up your copy of my book yet, this cutting-edge book, it's called The Circular Continuum Paradigm Shift Manifesto, you are missing out on a revolutionary text. I'm not saying that just because I wrote it, okay? Now, we are in a moment of human existence. There's something I want to say in which we are uncovering the true power behind our minds, and the closer that we get to this fact, the more this knowledge and awakening is being counterbalanced. It's being counterbalanced by a force called negation. I'll get into this in future episodes. As we delve deeper into this power and into the power within, we are being bombarded as a human race from a power without. Instead of looking internally, we are being bombarded with technology that is causing us to literally look externally. All right? This is being an issue. This is something for us as we try to engage in an understanding of what's going on internally and as our minds continue to expand as information is shared amongst the collective. There is a force that is trying to distract us. But it's okay because we have outlets, right? There are there is information out there. There are leaders that are talking about the truth. And I want to help you in this podcast have a mechanism on this episode. You're going to have a mechanism called non-resistance that's going to allow you to counterbalance and to transmute energy that comes your way, especially negative energy, a.k.a. energy of anxiety, stress, all these different types of emotions that are not happiness, not joy, not love, not peace. So I encourage you to pay attention with this one, all right? Now, personal growth is a journey, but the source of all creation is the mind, all right? So once again, personal growth is a journey, but the source of all creation is the mind. Now, this book that I have, that I wrote in September, it goes in depth. I describe some of the greatest hindrances in human and organizational growth, one of them being corporate psychopathy, another groupthink. And another hypnosis. One thing I talk about which is interesting in the book is the similarities between one of the greatest, when I say greatest, I don't mean the greatest, I mean the craziest psychopaths on the earth that have that has ever lived. One of them being Jim Jones. And if you don't know who that is, it was in the city of Guyana in which he coerced thousands of people to kill themselves. Hundreds, close to a thousand, to kill themselves. That's where you get the term drinking the Kool-Aid. And that is a sinister term, if you've ever heard it before. So the majority of you have been routinely taking these blue pills. You've been prescribed by these drug dealers, okay? Whether through the media, whether through leaders in business, etc. You've been prescribed these blue pills just like in the last Matrix movie, and you've been taking them over and over and over again. 
But it's time for you to change this narrative. It's time for you to write your own movie. And I want you to learn how to master your mind, to be a master of the mind. Now, I've been on this journey for the past 20 to 30 years, where I've tried to understand what really goes on in the mind and how do I control my thinking. I've been on this journey for a very long time. But today I, wanna, I want to cover this law of non-resistance. What is this law? And what is the deeper spiritual aspect of it? How does it relate to your business? And how does it relate to your daily objectives? And if you haven't been creating daily objectives, you are to start that now, okay? Your goals. Your goal is an acronym for get out and live. You should be having daily objectives. You start off a little bit at a time, okay? You eat the elephant one bite at a time and then you go from there. You win the day, then you win the week, you win the month, and then the year. All right, so I also want to talk about where does paradigm come into play and how can you enjoy the fruits of being like water? What exactly does that mean? So I'm going to reference a book by Florence Scovelshin titled The Game of Life and How to Play It. It was first published in 1925. She wrote a very great book in this one. This is where street smarts and the laws of the universe really fuse together. This is going to be very interesting. But first, a word from our sponsor. Do you want to turn your business dream into a reality? Renaissance Business Coaching can help. Our team of experienced coaches will work with you one-on-one -on -one to craft the perfect blueprint for success. Launch your business in no time with expert business coaching and financial planning. With our team at your side, you'll have the support and resources you need to reach your goals faster. Don't delay. Contact Renaissance Business Coaching at 502-305-3545 or email us at contact at rgfleadership.com. Mention the science of growth for 50% off your next service. Now back to the podcast. First and foremost, my thoughts are my thoughts. I'm not the spokesman for anyone else other than Raymond Rivera, my family, and my business. So remember, be wise when you listen to me. Eat the watermelon and spit out the seeds. And if the seeds are good enough for you, then by all means, eat the whole thing. Choose wisely when you listen to me. I really mean that. Now let's start off with this question here. What is the law of non-resistance? Let's start from a quote from the book. In chapter 4, it's called The Law of Non-Resistance. The writer states, Resist not evil. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Nothing on earth can resist an absolutely non-resistant person. That's a beautiful quote. I'm going to say it again. Nothing on earth can resist an absolutely non-resistant person. I'm going to explain that in a few. The Chinese say that water is the most powerful element because it is perfectly non-resistant. It can wear away a rock and it can sweep away everybody before it. Think of a tsunami. The writer starts this off with the words of Jesus, resist not evil. She further goes on in the chapter to make mention that good and evil are actually figments of man's imagination. Let me explain. She makes some interesting premises in this chapter. She says that man's soul is his subconscious mind, and whatever he feels deeply, good or bad, is outpictured, meaning it, it becomes external, 
by that faithful servant. So remember, if the subconscious mind renders back to you everything that you impress upon it, and if you haven't heard that before, let me slow that down. If the subconscious mind, and I talk about this in my book, The Circular Continuum, if the subconscious mind delivers back to you everything that you impress upon it, if you have impressed thoughts of sickness, that faithful servant being the subconscious mind or universal mind is rendering back to you or delivering back to you sickness. If it's health, your body is becoming more and more healthy. There's other, there's other episodes that I've had. I've talked about this, how in growth mindset, not only in growth mindset, but just the mindset in general that you hold has physiological impacts. It holds physiological impacts on your body. It's very interesting stuff. So, going back to the quote here, good or bad is outpictured by that faithful servant. His body and affairs show forth what he has been picturing. The sick man has pictured sickness, the poor man, poverty, and the rich man, wealth. End quote. Now, I happen to agree with most of what she states here in this paragraph, and I'm going to describe why. In my book, I go into detail describing why the subconscious mind is the universal mind interconnected in all things. Plainly stated, God is in us all and we are all in God. God is here seeing the world through the eyes of us. And as you're watching this video, as you're watching this podcast right now or listening to me uh, online, God is present. As I was reading this paragraph back and studying for this episode, I reflected on the statement that nothing on earth can resist an absolutely non-resistant person. I had to step back for a moment during my reflection of it and just marvel at the magnificence of this sentence. I think all the points of resistance that we deal with in life are pretty easy to see. Let's think of some, right? Let me give you an example. So when I was in a Christian ministry, this was in my early 20s, I was completely brainwashed with a belief that there was only one way that existed. There was one way. I've stated before how polarized I used to be, especially in episode number one, titled Realizing Paradigm. I was enamored with this concept of being a voice in the wilderness, so much that I literally became one. I was alone. I literally became a voice in the wilderness. Constantly, I was pushing people away that I loved, the people that I loved the most. I was pushing them away because I wanted to be a voice in the wilderness. I was that voice that yelled in the streets of Chicago. I went on to some of the darkest places that I can think of now in the city just to prove my point. As I stated in episode one, I didn't love myself. And since I didn't love myself, that faithful servant, that subconscious mind that we talked about earlier, delivered back to me outpictured archetypes, outpictured representations of myself. Since I hated myself, all that was coming back at me in this great boomerang of life was hatred, condemnation. And there was a marriage of sorts in this condemnation that I talked about. So, as I understand this, the faithful servant being the subconscious mind continued to render back to me hatred, condemnation, as I just stated. I hope, I hope you understand what I'm saying here. 
Now, here are two scriptures that I used to motivate me to go out and to be that voice in the wilderness. This literally became my goal. Let's start off with James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Revelation chapter 2, verse 12. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Now these scriptures, if taken out of context, are very dangerous. The interpretation of the scriptures has an esoteric meaning and it's very important for you to understand it because if you don't, you're impressing the wrong kind of feelings onto your subconscious mind and then you are out picturing those feelings. Those, fi- those feelings are being rendered back to you. This is all semantics. That's all this is. It's how you are interpreting these scriptures and how you are ab- applying them in your life. Okay? Now remember, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Once again, success is the progressive realization of your worthy ideal. My worthy ideal was to put my life in danger to prove myself worthy of the crown that was stated in the scriptures. I was literally hypnotized. Now even more interesting was that version of me, that version of me in the Christian ministry was only a corresponding part of me during that time period. Let me explain this. I'm going to give you an example. I remember uh, very distinctly this one time when I was in uh, Chicago. In this one scenario, I was at home and I saw a neighbor. I would say a a neighborhood foe, that is, for a lack of a better term, in front of my house passing by in a car. He stopped. He looked at me. We had a little bit of an issue. And he started to say something, right? Now, Now, I couldn't make out exactly what was being said, but I knew that it was anything other than positive. Like he wasn't giving me, you know, words of joy, of, of, of love and, you know, gratitude. That, that wasn't happening at all. <laughs> now, since, since I wasn't a talker, when I knew that it was time to act, I seldom talked about it. I spe- especially if we were in a violent situation or a potential violent situation. I would rather talk less and get it over with than allow my energy to be spent on talking and talking and talking. Okay, so I gave him a pleasant invitation. Long story short, he wound up getting a couple of his friends from the neighborhood. You know, we ended up getting into a altercation verbally. That is, from from down the block. He bent, he bent over. He picked up a gun. I knew it was a gun. He put it in his waistband. He came over with some friends. Came walking down. I was across the street, and as I stated, I didn't love myself. I just didn't care. So we continued to have another spirited conversation, uh, but I was very clear in my invitation for him to cross the street. I wanted him to cross the street. And honestly, I couldn't be any clearer. Okay? Well, I remember he said something, and I can still remember it very vividly. As he yelled, and he tried to intimidate me, right? He said, he said man, I'll shoot you. And I didn't think twice when I stated, go ahead, I want to die. You see what I did? I simply substituted my desire to die 
or my desire for death and martyrdom because of my self-perception from the street to the church and then even to business. The root cause wasn't scripture or street credibility or the code of respect and honor. It was the outpictured inner speech that was happening within me. You know, that voice that's inside of you. That inner speech continued to bring me back what I was speaking to myself. You see, I hated myself, as I said earlier, and I resisted. I resisted anything and everything that was contradictory to those beliefs, the beliefs that I held that I was that I was a nobody, right? That, that I hated myself and, and I didn't care if I lived. The hypnosis of self-hatred and condemnation was all over my life. Now that means that I never resonated with true love because my inner speech was one of hate. I received a manifestation outwardly of what was going on inside of me. And since I never took care of this problem, resistance continued in every endeavor and in every situation that I was in. The law of non-resistance is utilized through experience in the skill of equanimity. Equanimity is a skill of transmutation, of allowing your emotions to be balanced. It is mental alchemy at its finest. It's taking a step back, knowing how you're thinking, knowing what's going on, and balancing out the energies around you. This is a skill. Now, when I became awakened to this fact through continuous internal and external reviews, I constantly observed and adapted to the situation to determine the best outcome in relation to my goal. So as time went on, I began to understand and utilize this law of non-resistance. But then I had to step back and say, how do I reconcile a law of non-resistance with an understanding that if you take the path of most resistance, that is the path of growth when you are in a state of discomfort. So here's how I break it down. The law of non-resistance is similar to this type of picture. Picture a certain amount of energy coming towards you. This energy that's coming towards you, if you believe, if you truly believe that God is good and that everything that comes to you is good, then all this energy is coming your way. And through cynicism, through bitterness, through anger, through stress, through disloyalty, we put up walls. And the moment that you put a wall down, when energy is flowing at you, if you believe that energy is good, let's, let's say that that energy is supposed to be good energy flowing towards you. The moment you put that wall down, you take a singular ball of energy and you split it. You create division. And now, through that wall, that energy now must go around you. And now, you took the one and you split it into two. And this is when you reach that state of the negotiation phase. Now, when you're in that paradigm, and all of a sudden you get a thought of what I termed as the B-sort, when you have that thought, as it comes, and you put up a wall, now you're seeing good and evil. And because you are seeing good and evil, now you're in that state of negotiation, and you are seesawing back and forth, and you are being paralyzed in a decision, and therefore you cannot make one. This art of non-resistance is letting things come to you, 
realizing that everything that comes to you has a beneficial outcome. Even though at the time in which you are viewing it, there is a paradigm that tries from your past, that is, tries to tell you that that energy is not to your benefit. Even though that's happening, if you perceive the life that you live to be only blessed and highly favored, in other words, everything that comes to you is good because you deserve good, then that energy comes and you let it go. It comes, you perceive it as being good energy, and then it goes. But the moment that you allow a wall to go up, you thereby create tension. And through that tension, now you are being seesawed back and forth, and that tension is building up inside of you. So this art of non-resistance, when it says, when, when she says in the book, in the chapter of the law of non-resistance, when she says that nothing on earth can resist an absolutely non-resistant person, if you want to attract to yourself love, joy, beauty, if you want to attract that to yourself, not only do you think those thoughts and thereby attract them by operating in that frequency, not only do you attract them, but you do not in any way put down a wall and resist it. So that stuff comes. It will come. Goodness will come. You will see it. You will perceive it as only blessed and only a blessed situation. She talks about this in the book. And once you perceive that as being a blessed situation and not resisting it, not causing tension, you will be comfortable in that state of discomfort. And now you can stay, you can take that path of most resistance while displaying non-resistance through equanimity, controlling your emotions. These are skills, but this is the key to mental health. But what I am doing is I'm not trying to give you a reactive state. I am giving you cues and keys on how to transmute energy so that you can become a mental fitness coach, if you will, a person that will coach yourself, uh, speak to yourself in only goodness and love and enjoy. So, that's what I wanted to talk about in this podcast. I wanted to give you a tool that I term as the law. This is the law of non-resistance. It is a tool in the mental health realm and mindfulness, all right? So, this was more of a spiritual type podcast, but I wanted to thank you all. And once again, if you haven't gotten my book yet, The Circular Continual, make sure you pick it up. I talk about some really, really in-depth type of material, but if you want to dig deep into the mind, control your thinking, and really start to manifest greatness in your future, to see success, pick up the book. I get in-depth on this process and this system. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. This is the Science of Growth Podcast. You know how it goes. Be brilliant, be brief, and be gone. Have a great week.